May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Last week, our gospel left off with a crowd who is complaining about Jesus. Jesus has provided bread and the crowds want more. You all may remember Father Henry talking a little bit about this and Reverend Hannah as well. And now we know that this gospel is the last to be written. It is different in many ways from the synoptic gospels, although it was evident that its author is familiar with them all. We also know that it was written during a time of intense conflict for Christians and Jews. So I take this opportunity to remind you that sometimes in this gospel, when we are referring to the Jews, is that it is a class denomination and not necessarily the religious, the whole group, the whole religious group. And this is something that Christian denominations and including the Episcopal Church have long grappled with. And, and it is necessary for us to mention. Therefore, we sometimes use the terms the crowds or the people recognizing that this group of people did not agree with what Jesus had to say. Now in today's gospel, Jesus continues speaking, and the crowds don't like what they hear, but Jesus continues, unless you eat the flesh. But now, there's a new, something else is mentioned, and drink his blood. This fourth gospel, unlike the others, does not include the institution of the Lord's Supper, but here we can see that Jesus is referring to the Eucharist, the same mystery that we together will participate in today. Theologian N.T. Wright reminds us of the importance of this. If John did not describe the actual meal at the Last Supper like the Synoptic Gospels, was it to play down its importance? Or is it because it is that important that we must see how it affects the whole gospel story? How these actions play a role even in our entire worlds today. Through these words, we are being called to be active and willing participants with faith. Some, somewhat like our letter to the Christian community in the, in the city of Ephesus. Paul is saying to the community, be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. Not alone, but in our communities. Music has always been an essential part of my spiritual formation. I am no musician, and I am not a cantor. I'm sure you can tell by my chanting, but Coritos and alabanzas, which are hymns in Spanish, always seem to put words to my experiences of God. There's something special about listening to everyone coming together in the midst of whatever their circumstances may be. Singing, levanto mis manos aunque no tenga fuerzas, which translates to, I lift my arms up though I have no strength. Believing these alabanzas or hymns, both when experiencing loss or when celebrating a milestone, 
There was power and unity in the many voices singing it at San Mateo. We were active and willing participants with the Spirit. Maybe you can think of a favorite hymn or hymns that also do this for you. Perhaps it is a coming together of all the voices, broken in despair or rejoicing voices, that make up this beautiful sound. If you can't think of one right away, I invite you to hear yourself saying the words to our hymns today and how these words move through us and lead us to the body and blood of Christ. I believe that this pandemic has reminded us of the importance of singing and listening. I can tell you that there was joy when our choir returned just a few months ago in May. And it is all these pieces that come together to invite us into a different understanding of God. When we start listening to the sounds around us, we can experience God. This God that John, Paul, and Solomon described in our lessons this morning. It is not in getting drunk, Paul tells us. It is not using wine as a coping mechanism, or it is not in ignoring the sounds, sounds of the oppressed. It is in listening to the sounds of and the whispers of both good and bad in our world. It is in listening to the respiratory illness and heat-related deaths caused by global warming and noticing that July was the hottest month ever recorded in human history. It is in the cries of the people of Haiti after being hit by a 7.2 magnitude earthquake yesterday. It is in the cries of healthcare workers today. It is in being aware that Harris County leads the state with the most COVID-19 deaths. And it is also in the voices of our evening prayer officiants, of our sandwich makers, of our youth, of our youth minister, all who in these their own ways respond to the sounds of the lonely, of the broken, of the hurt. It is in responding to these sounds that we together experience God, that we together can heal. Yesterday in the, in the Episcopal Church, we celebrated the life and work of Jonathan Merrick Daniels civil rights activist, martyr, and a seminarian who in 1965 was murdered as, as he saved the life of Ruby Sales in Selma, Alabama. Jonathan, who was attending the Episcopal Theological Seminary in Cambridge, Massachusetts, left for Selma in 1965 when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. asked students to join him for a march. And Jonathan later writing about this saying, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. I had come to evening prayer as usual that evening, 
And as usual, I was singing the Magnificat with the special love and reverence I have always felt for Mary's glad song. He hath showed strength with his arm. As the lovely hymn of the God-bearer continued, I found myself alert, suddenly straining toward the decisive, spirit-filled moment that would, in retrospect, remind me of others. Particularly, particularly one at Easter three years ago. Then it came. He hath put down the mighty from their seat and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things. I knew then that I must go to Selma. The virgin song was to grow more and more dear in the weeks ahead. Jonathan was listening, was willing, and responded. Today, as our teacher friend Elmer Romero reminded us, we also celebrate the birth of St. Oscar Romero, Archbishop of El Salvador, born August 15, 1917, who we, you all have heard a lot about here at Trinity. He spoke against the violation of the human rights of the Salvadorian people. And tomorrow, we celebrate the Feast of Mary the Virgin. We celebrate her faith and trust in God. Though not many phrases from her are known, we are called to do as she said to the servants at the wedding feast. Whatever he says to you, do it. So as we prepare to return, whether to virtual or in-person activities, May we discern and get curious about how we participate and play a role in God's kingdom. May we be reminded of what it looks like when we listen to the sounds, both the painful and joyful sounds of the world. And may we respond in ways that seek justice for all of God's people. And do as Mary reminds us to do. Whatever he says to you, do it. Amen.